You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, we are back for another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast. Right here from Soonerscoop.com. The entire crew back in action Josh McQuistian, Eddie Radosovich, Bob Prisbillo, and uh, I am your host, Kerry Murdoch. As a lot of things to get to, Oklahoma Spring Game coming up uh, this weekend. We got uh, a little bit of a preview action for you uh, on this episode. Also, um, arrests or potential arrests or criminal activity. Is it in Norman? I feel like I'm Eddie's college, you know, I didn't prostitution ring. I probably need here. to break out the uh, the detective work, the sleuth work. I mean, I get a dog too. Should have opened plaid jacket. Should have opened else. with a little, uh, maybe some sirens. Maybe we could put that in and post. We could do that. Like a little. Uh, what's on the police scanner today? I'm surprisingly, you got to know the uh, the ways of the scanner quite well over the weekend. It sounds like. I just I I'm very lucky that I have all kinds of software where I can just fast forward <laughs> through the the silences. But, you know, there was a lot of So what it was is uh you can actually go and get archived. I didn't know this. You can get archived uh police scanner records. I had no idea that you could do that. Uh and yep. someone had alerted me to it. And you have to pay for it. But I went and got the Thursday night police scanner and let's face it let's just dive head first into I'd this never, whole thing i'd never be able to be a cop because i can never understand what people are saying on a walkie really talkie hard and then you have to know all those codes that has to be the hardest part like i was trying to learn because there's certain names I'm for letters sure not make any jokes too it's like way. if i spell out my name it's like charles adam was it r right. i think robert uh edward i think e is ed or ed yeah edward is the e uh, y is young, so it's like if you're a cop and you hear those words, you're thinking letters, which it's very. But they didn't say like <laughs> you know Tony, Robert, Edward for sure. Trajan Bridges. I mean, they just said his name. Sure. So anyway, there's all kinds of weird stuff you have to get through, and then there's you know people passing out and people having seizures, and there was an old lady that got stuck it, that fell in her house. Uh, and so you have, there was a hazmat spill like on Highway 9 at one point. God. So it's all this stuff that you have to wade through. Uh, and it, it, you know, they don't always say people's names and stuff, but they were saying openly Trajan Bridge's name and Seth McGowan's name. 
uh, on the scanners. It's better look for the university than going by their football uniform numbers, right? I mean, the the, the best part though is just thinking about <laughs> thinking about like Lincoln. See, now this is what I was told is that Benny Wiley is the point man on all this. So if a player gets in trouble, the cops need to get a hold of OU. They call Benny Wiley, uh, and then. I don't know if they ha the, the wolf comes out after that or how that goes down, um, but th it sets things into motion. So at one point on the scanner, they were like, they called the university trying to get Trajan Bridges' uh, uh, home address, current address, and they got an address, but it wasn't current. So they sent a couple of cops to this address, wasn't Trajan Bridges' house. So then they're like, well, that wasn't it. And they're like, the university doesn't have anything current. And they're like, and then you hear a cop, you know, just chime in. Check with the athletic department. I bet they got it. And so that's when they call, you know, Benny Wiley. And that's when it was like 1030. And that's when Lincoln Riley, you know, he's sitting at home just trying to probably just put his daughters to bed. Maybe he's having a beer or something, getting ready for bed or whatever he does. Who knows what Lincoln it's, it's Riley like does It's like anything in life. You never want to get a phone call from a number you don't recognize after like 9 o'clock. Maybe even earlier than that. I think say, well, for me, that's 24 hours a day. But uh, Do the telemarketers end yeah, at... Especially it, bad late at night. The telemarketers, they end at 9? I don't know. I feel like they call all the time, but you never want to get a phone call They're from a monsters. Cleveland County number, especially. I guess it'd be 405 all of it would be. <laughs> but it's, yeah, like, it's think, like getting the dreaded shows, phone call. You think it shows like Norman Police Department? I bet they don't even call Lincoln's cell phone. I bet he has a red phone at home. It's like the uh, the phone's... Yeah, I'm sure know, they called like the, Benny the Oval Office and or then something. Lincoln just knows if Benny is calling me at 10:30 at night, it's bad. Yeah. So, uh, that was what I was thinking about. It's just like how, what type of a holy shit moment that would be for Lincoln Riley to go through that. Not that I care. He gets paid uh, well to go I through think that. The the key I'll tip on a phone bad call phone for call seven and a half million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so true if the number ends in like double zero you're in there's a problem like norman pd is like six, the final four is 1600 like anything like that you're like that's not luck of the draw like they they somehow got an easy number to remember it's not like ours that ends in fours and threes double zero you're in trouble like this call is ultimately bad i never thought about that um so so anyway, the the night goes along, and then they identify uh, Seth McGowan as another suspect. Uh, and again, as we sit here, it's a, it's about twelve uh, twelve thirty eight on Wednesday afternoon. There are no charges, there are no warrants. Uh, nothing has been decided on this. It's still an open investigation, still active. Uh, and I wrote this on the board yesterday. Look, this is what I hate about this stuff is I put something out there and then you get some lawyer trying to poke holes into it. It's Because that's what lawyers do. Like, my best friend is a lawyer, and when he went to law school, every weekend was just me with a bunch of guys sitting at a table who were arguing with each other. That's what they like to do. So I get it. There's just not a whole lot of information. But it's just like, you know, I put, I talked to somebody, source, close to the, the, the police department, they said, well, um, here's the deal. The victim is not willing to press charges. And so they have to, 
you'll basically get the DA to 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 make the charges. Like it doesn't mean that because he won't press charges that they're not going to get charged with something. It's just it's it's making this thing longer. The process is just it's just getting longer and longer because the DA's office is dealing with a big murder trial right now. And in a high-profile case like this, you got to think that Greg Mashburn wants to see the details of this case. If you're going to bring charges against two OU football players, two guys that are major OU football players, you're going to kind of want to see the details. Yeah. I just, it, the whole thing, it's just so hard to talk about because we don't really know what I mean, we know what happened. We think we know what happened, but we don't really know what happened. There's not been. And there's a just so much out there. Report made. It's know, a wild story to it begin won't be with. If there's no charges. It's filed. a wild story to begin with. Just knowing that the victim in this case, or you know, quote unquote, the victim. I guess you could call it a drug dealer. I I don't know. I think it's just a weed man. There's a difference between a drug dealer and a weed and man. By the way, I have a major problem with just. I mean, there's like a the thousand dispensaries statement. anyways. Why are we... Find Holy your weed somewhere else. I went I went to Campus Corner the other day. I called Eddie. I was so... <laughs> I had to call Eddie to tell him how dumbfounded I was. Like, everything... And we all know COVID, restaurants have shut down, and Campus Corner as it is, you know, most people, unless you live in Norman, you have no fucking clue how to park on Campus Corner or where to go or what tokens are, where you get the tokens. Like, it's a very confusing situation. So... I could see how restaurants have struggled, and a lot of them have shut down. But what's happened on Campus Corner is every restaurant that is shut down has been replaced by a fly-by-night dispensary. It's unbelievable. And it's not like it's not like they have these, you know, really cool... Like, the first dispensary that opened up on Campus Corner it had these really cool green LED lights and this nice sign, neon sign outside. Uh, and it looked like an Apple store for weed. I mean, it was just very fancy. The ones they're opening now are just a guy, a counter, and a chair with a vinyl, you know, vinyl flag kind of hanging outside, just draped on onto the building. The big winner in all this is probably Homeland parking lots. Nobody has to meet in a parking lot to meet a guy anymore. <laughs> that really helped Homeland, didn't it? I, I think it did. There was so much that went on in Homeland parking lots from like two thousand. Three to two thousand. Would you go in and get your pre-munch before you bought? Is no. that how it helped Homeland? I don't know. My friends usually did it. I never did that. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> um, but it, isn't that kind of like getting a DUI now? What? Criminal activity around marijuana. Like, you can get an Uber. If you're drinking, just don't get in your car. Get an Uber. Sure. Or a Lyft. I could see that, yeah. If you want to smoke easy. marijuana, go get a medical card and go to... Every dispensary you do in have, town. You have to be from the state to get one here in this state. Do you? I, I'm pretty sure. Oh. I think, or at least you have to claim yeah. Oklahoma residency within like two years or something. I, I have no idea. Hmm. Maybe that should be part of the. Uh, maybe that should be part of and, the uh, the welcoming process at like Camp Crimson. Maybe everybody applies of- for a uh, medical <laughs> marijuana card. <laughs> Maybe instead of uh, trying to chase the Women's College World Series out of our state, we need to be passing legislation that keeps football players from robbing people. You say the word transition around anybody right now, and (laughs) my God, they're going to be coming out of the woodwork from southeast Oklahoma. You used to just be able to get them out by, like, 
putting a little meth in front of him. <laughs> Eddie is in rare form today. Is it like? Is is that a problem? I mean, the, I mean, it's just the whole situation is insane. Like, I mean, we're literally sitting here talking about two guys a that problem. But I mean, I'm saying about the the OSSAA thing. Oh yeah, they're idiots. Has there ever been a guy? Has there ever been a Juana man in the history of Oklahoma sports? No, I don't think that there has been. Did the OSSAA come out and say no one has ever I'm had pretty to sure. use this rule? I'm pretty sure. I mean, I I guess I have no opinion on the matter. It doesn't really did like did our legislators like see like that the NCAA did that in Georgia and then they were like, oh, well, we're gonna we're gonna again. I do don't know if they too. have the internet down in Southeast Oklahoma, so how could they see that? Speaking of states where I'm sure it's a big problem, Georgia, I'm sure that's going on a lot. Like, it's not, none of this legislation is happening anywhere that it's going to happen more than, I don't know, once a decade. Well, it's like the NCAA came out and said, yes, we will allow trans athletes to compete in our sports. Uh, and then all of a sudden, it's just like all the states, the, the super, you know, red states are like, Oh, we can't allow that. If they're going to, like, we can't allow the super soldiers to start forming. Just, just settle down, Jean-Claude. All right? That's a great movie. <laughs> didn't, didn't, who did he, didn't they stab someone in the eye at some point with a knife? I thought that was every Jean-Claude just kept movie. going. Yeah. I, anyway, I like that's the, one of those movies that was on like a Sunday afternoon, but it was on for like five years on a Sunday afternoon. It had the four, like USA. four p.m. TBS spot. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, okay. So back to what I'll, I'll stop taking us off track. Back to the two alleged thieves. Well, it's just such a. I mean, they're suspended. I, I guess that's the yeah. that's the number one thing to say on this thing. And it, I don't know. I, I've kind of said my two cents on the board. I, if it was up to me, I'd probably tell them both, thank you, but you probably just need to Your move services on. are no longer needed. Yeah. And it's not as much as, you know, whether there's charges pressed or not. It's just continually putting yourself in a bad situation at some point. Like, they're lucky that nothing happened in that house or wherever this happened at that somebody wasn't seriously injured or shot yeah. or whatever. You know, at, at worst, killed. I just feel like if you don't take action now, you're almost delaying the inevitable as far as does this happen again, and now you're having to answer for, you know, God forbid, a homicide or something else. And I know that's that's extremely drastic, but when you have guys that this isn't necessarily, like, if it was somebody in, I'm just throwing a name out there, like a Caleb Kelly, you'd say, well, this was this is an isolated incident. Good kid by every standard out there. I'm gonna give him a second chance, and he's probably gonna learn yeah. from this. Yeah, you know, with, and unfortunately, with a guy like Trajan Bridges, Caleb Kelly into the bus. By the way, well, I'm just I was trying to think of the most like Valerie's wholesome person. Come at you. I was thinking about the, it's the most wholesome person on the team. That was that was the example I was trying to give. But like, you know, with Bridges, it's not like he's helped himself any. And I hate to look at it that way because I was so outspoken with the marijuana thing a year ago, which I don't think is a big deal. But the one thing that, that this does do, if you're Trajan Bridges, and he did do this, 
it basically cuts the legs out from under Lincoln Riley on any stance that he had. Absolutely. Yep. In regards to the NCAA and what they do to punish players. Because it's like, oh, you stood up for him and then he went out and robbed somebody. Yeah. It, it, it just doesn't. And I think that's, if I'm Lincoln Riley, that's the thing that would piss me off the most is the fact that I went out and basically stood on a ledge for you and you pushed me off. I stuck my neck out for you and you chopped it off. Yeah. It's a shitty deal. I mean, we're kind of past the point of saying, I hope this didn't happen. You know, I hope it wasn't them. Yeah, I know that there's a lot of people out there that, you know, just don't believe that he could put himself in this situation. But the reality is, is, I mean, given that we don't know exactly what happened, we have a pretty damn good idea. Until there's a police report, yeah. I mean... And everybody that you've talked to, and I'm sure that you guys have all heard the same, it's like, there's not really a whole lot of excuses. Like, you you put yourself in this situation, the police detained you, you can't say that you weren't at home, and this is a, a case of misidentification or something, right? Yeah, it, it may have gone worse than you thought it was going to go, but you knew you were somewhere you shouldn't have been. If you're Trajan Bridges, especially. Uh, especially, yeah, absolutely. And that... Like you could you could have been a starter and you could have put one year underneath your belt and maybe gone to the NFL next year. Here's the worst. What are you doing? Here's the worst. It's, just, it's it, disappointing is what it is. Look, there's, I understand, we've just kind of let fans have their say, say what they want. Here's the take that you need to avoid, though. This is the worst take that you can possibly have, which is, uh, well, you can't let them go because then they're just going to end up at SMU playing. Like, if they're going to play, you might as well give them a third chance and let them play here. That's not a redneck voice. Yeah, I just, again, I think it's almost looking into the future and trying to prevent something from happening or, or just avoiding the possibility of something happening to where it then comes back on you directly, the head coach, in a sense of, like, it's just, it's it's almost i i don't want to say it's bad pr but it's like it's bad pr you can't have win at all costs mentality art riles and i let's be honest i i don't know if bridges or mcgowan's done enough that on the field to be given that opportunity you know what i mean like it's i don't know i i guess you in a loose kind of affiliation with what happened with uh mixon and pickleman's it's like and he hadn't even been on the field at the time but and I don't, I don't know how this is. Like, I Probably think a terrible way to look at no, it. No, no. I think it's a good point because I feel like, you know, in the Mixon situation, there were a certain segment of the fans, I think, that were just like, you know, I wish he wasn't here. I mean, like, as good as he is, it's just kind of embarrassing. Like, I would say that's a small story. But then you get the ones that just, oh, like the dude and his son that are there holding up signs everywhere he goes. Like, the it's just like you get all these extremes and i i think there has to be you have to say something for fans that are just like look we don't want this here like i don't want this representing my university and i think there are there are like when we put this on the board eddie you were like wow i'm surprised how well this is going and now you've had some of the win at all cost people pile in there which i get you're gonna get that you're gonna have that but i don't know i was just raised around a bunch of people uh, you know, especially coming off the Switzer years, where you just did not want to go back to that mentality, that win at all costs it mentality, and sure. that's and that's when people talk, you know, start talking about bag men and all this stuff, and 
It's like, as long as Joe Castiglione's at OU, it's not going to be that way. No, it's not. And, you know, I, I think the other side of it, too, is, is just, you know, the football team is probably the biggest thing out there as far as a graduate and thing that represents the university or represents whoever. And, like, I don't, I don't give a damn if the guy's smoking weed. I remember what it's like in college. I remember being around football players in college and what people were getting into. But at the same time, it's like it's such a different level of bad when you're talking about robbery or guns just in general being involved, allegedly. I, I don't know. That's that's where I, I kind of go. Like, There's some things that you just can't do, and believe it or not, I believe that probably armed robbery is not one of them. <laughs> Unless you're a five-star ready to win the, five, the Heisman Trophy for four consecutive years. And I don't think either we're ready to do that. So there is a, a line that you'll cross. Yeah, I, like if Adrian Peterson wants to come back and commit a couple armed robberies, hell, I'll help him. So in other words, Parrish Cobb just wasn't good enough. You said it, I didn't. But I will say, like... Eddie will carry yep. the goods for Adrian to make sure that he doesn't take the beef if uh, if it goes down. Yeah, absolutely. He'll that's, call. He'll call. That's why a, I was in school. Eddie will call in a tip on himself so he can <laughs> so they can find the stolen goods. And I'll pin figure it out on how. To, I'll figure out a way to pass a polygraph test. Adrian's like the heat's coming down, Eddie. I need you to go ahead and incriminate yourself. Like, All right, man. I'll, I'll do it. I'm telling you, we can find some people that'll take that. Oh, take I'm sure. The that, I'm for, sure. There's plenty of them on the boards. But I also think that like a lot of people think that kind of like I do, just in that this it's it's become a common occurrence for one of the individuals and not common. I, it just you can only give some uh, somebody so many up. Yeah, you just can't keep f-ing up this yeah. much. You can't yeah. and, and keep playing football. You're not allowed. And, and you shouldn't be. It's not. Oh, we got into a fight over at Logie's on Campus Corner. This is this is bigger than that. A lot bigger. Is this going to put a cloud over Saturday? I don't think so. I think you know once once they're in the stadium, once people are in the stadium and they're playing football, and that's the other thing. I don't. It's think the last that, thing that'll be on anybody's mind. I don't think his their teammates are stupid in a regard of like, oh, this is shocking that something like this has happened in a way. Like those those guys are around each other all the time. They know what they're quote-unquote character or it's you like know, the people they know saying what about. that lincoln will lose the team if he gets rid of these two without them being charged. i think i think the reverse could happen if you don't do anything and it does come out that some shit went down and it was bad and he allowed them to stay i think you could find the opposite effect of like why is coach letting these guys get away with this? what can i get away with? right and still mm-hmm. be here right that's that's why i i feel pretty adamant that you know, you can let the process play out as much as you want, but at the end of the day, I think there's really only one option out there. I'll say this. I think, and I hate saying this because I'm part of it, there's never been a situation like this that is pretty much documented before the result is even out. Like the Joe Mixon thing, you you never saw the tape like you just heard that it went down. Like we saw the tape, sure, uh, right. because we got to go to a police station and view it. But it was a controlled environment, and it wasn't. And they told you if you record this and show it, you will be arrested. 
That's when I put my phone down. I was like, all right. Well, <laughs> no, I took my I, phone. <laughs> I took my phone and I turned it uh, on its face. So it, you know. And I remember how like, shocking oh, all know. that was. Just like see it one time it's like okay maybe i missed something and didn't see it and then they showed it like seven other times like oh fuck. yeah but you, i mean you did have a police report um yeah there's just nothing out there and i, I think that you know that's why it, there's a lot of people out there that are led to believe that maybe there is something that has been lost in communication as far as what actually happened but again just the fact that we're having to talk about it the fact that they went to buy weed and the cops got called by the drug dealer or whatever the weed like, man Call that's, him a weed that's man. a red that's a red flag if you can't go buy a sack by yourself without getting the cops called you should get kicked off the team well they didn't they didn't get called they didn't get called cuz they went to buy weed they got called to the cops on because they pistol whipped the guy and then ransacked his room and and stole a bunch of his shit allegedly allegedly allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> yeah like come on can't do that I mean, does this you gotta put have a, rules here? Does this put a cloud on the spring game? I don't think it does. I, I don't think it does, but it definitely it it's raining a little bit. It's sprinkling. Sure. I mean, I still want to. There's. I think that. And this is kind of another thing, just as far as the spring game, as far as who actually plays in the game. Yeah. I would. I mean, I would. There's. There's a number of guys that I want to see, whether it be Caleb Williams or Justin Harrington, guys that we haven't seen, Clayton Smith. Or, you know, a shit ton of guys that really have kind of got to prove themselves this year. Well, look. Jeremiah Cradell or yes. whoever on the offensive side of the football. I feel like it's been the Eddie and Carrie show. Um, Please. So let's start with you, Josh. I mean, obviously, you've been talking to people. I've been talking to people. Uh, there's a There's a list, I think, of young guys that... Uh, if they don't, if people don't get to see them Saturday, they'll be disappointed. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, I I think at the top of that list, I mean, let's just be honest. You're talking about the Williams, the two five star Williams guys, Caleb and Mario. Everybody wants to see them, wants to see what they're about. You know, it's their first chance to really be on the stage in front of most OU fans. Who you know, uh, there's probably a few still out there that aren't members of the site and haven't seen the video of them up close. So you know. Uh, you've got guys like that, but I mean, I, I think, you know, some of the most interesting guys are at the positions that maybe we've all become, I don't, I don't want to say overly confident, but just have a lot of faith in Wanye Morris. That's an interesting situation. I Anton Harrison. Is he going to go like that? There's a lot of stuff that is kind of out there. And then you've got, you know, Latrell McCutcheon. I, I'm very anxious to see what he looks like with Woody Washington and, um, and uh, Devon Graham, like, what are those guys all going to look like at corner? What's Jaden Davis doing? I mean, there, there's a lot of storylines for all that we expect of this team. There's still a lot of stuff that's up in the air because last year was such a weird season. I don't feel like you had the same amount of information, excuse me, information to digest as you do in a normal year. Yeah, and I don't think we'll see Woody Washington. By the way, um, he just hasn't done that. much at all spring, so. What'd you say? That's that's my concern, is that so many guys would probably play mm -hmm. through September because it's April. Who's really still going to be out there, and how does it affect how Lincoln goes about the way this game is, is done Saturday? It was interesting today, Bob. It was the first time you've heard someone heap a lot of praise on Jaden Hazelwood, uh, Kale Gundy. We talked to him 
he talked about how he made a ton of catches in, in uh, practice today. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, that's what everyone's waiting for is for Jaden to make that that next step to put the injuries behind him, put you know what whatever has been disturbing him in terms of his mental state of mind, and just go out there and start doing it. And I, when you talk about who's got to prove themselves, no doubt Jaden is near the very top of that list. When you're the number one ranked receiver, basically across the board, you know. Trajan Bridges, there's a lot of talk. Well, only rivals saw him as a five-star. Well, Jaden Hazelwood was like the number one unanimous across everything. This is the year where he he has to do it. He has to become that guy that every, everyone thought he would be, you know, two years ago. Have we kind of forgotten, or I, I has it been unfair for Hazelwood that he just hasn't been out on the, like, I, th- I feel like there's a lot of people that have kind of given up on the guy, but he necessarily, I mean, it's not like he hasn't, just not developed or or not played it's been because he's been injured like it's been a little unfair i think for 2020 but i think 2019 people there was a lot of what whispers that he didn't know how to line up and he you know he didn't grasp fully what he was being asked to do until he wasn't out there as much and you you, you just haven't seen that growth that you thought you would and I know the injury set him back, but then when, when, when he came back, I thought he would have a much bigger role too. You know, I know it was only a very limited amount of games, but it was just four catches. And I thought when, when he came back, the chemistry between him and Rattler was going to be something where you really noticed that Jaden Hazelwood was back. And even if it was going to be three or four games, he was going to make his, his mark. And it really never felt like that. Yeah. I just don't think he ever got his, kind of legs back underneath him, I guess, for a lack of better terms. It just seemed like we're trying, everybody wants a grade of Jaden Hazelwood through two years in Norman, and I almost feel like you just can't give one. It's it's an incomplete report card right now. Yeah, and it was interesting. Uh, you know, Kale was asked today, and he brought up Jaden Hazelwood, uh, and he talked about kind of his setbacks, which was interesting. I mean, because like you guys said, he came back for that Kansas game. And it was a week earlier than they thought, uh, and something had to have happened. Well, I think that, yeah, whatever happened, I think that it's pretty obvious that that led to his situation with the bowl game. And then he's just, sometimes I think that maybe Hazelwood is probably his biggest problem. You know what I mean? Like, Jaden Hazelwood is Jaden Hazelwood's biggest problem. He needs to get out of his way and just let his talent take over almost well he missed bedlam because of covid we don't know if it's covid or contact tracing and and so that that took away you know the the chance that we thought might be his breakout game because he had that catch against i against i uh iowa state i still think it was the most competitive catch that any ou receiver had throughout the course of the season but it was just very weird that it did it never felt like he was comfortable and ready to be the type of player, as you're sort of saying, just get out of his way and just trust himself that he can go out there and do what he's supposed to do. He's like a lot of guys on this team. If OU's going to be a legit national title contender, they got to take a step. They got to make a jump. And <laughs> you start going down the list of guys that are, you know, needing to make a jump. It it does kind of make you question, uh, not I guess question, but make you wonder if this is a legitimate national tiding, title type contending team but 
at the same time, the talent's obviously there. I don't think there's a lack thereof of that. By the way, uh, you know, outs- yeah, one other area I think that's really going to be interesting after what we've kind of been learning the last couple of weeks is watching center, um, watching who's out there playing, how well they're doing, and Josh, boner alert, uh, Andrew Rame told us today that he's been running as a starting center. Uh, you know, really pick the position on the field for Andrew Raymond and just let him go start. I, I don't I don't care. He can play quarterback. He can play running back. Whatever you need Andrew Raymond to do. <laughs> but, no, I mean, seriously, like, it makes a ton of sense because, as I've said before, like, I, when he was coming out of high school, obviously he played tackle at Broken Arrow, but his length, that, that, that wasn't going to be the natural fit in my – I thought he was an interior player. And as a guard – He's not a massive guy. I mean, you look at him next to Marquise Hayes, and there's there's no comparison. I mean, they're very different body types. You move him to center where his ability as a technician, his uh, just understanding of the position and leverage and the way he wants to play, I think those things work. And then you add in just how – I mean, this is a guy that just grew up playing around, you know, NFL and college offensive linemen. He understands – just blocking and the ideals behind it much better than most guys his age. So, I, like I said, I, and I it almost sounds like I'm waiting to say coach's kid, like right behind all this. Andrew Rame is super, super talented. I don't want to make it sound like, oh, he's just really heady. But, no, he, he really is. He makes a lot of sense at center. And it's I, – I had gotten the impression through his recruitment that this would happen before now, that, that he would get a look at center before we got to this point. But either way, I, it makes a lot of sense with, you know, the kind of talk that no one has really stepped up to take that job this spring. Okay, here we go. Three, two, and. Yeah, it, and I mean, I know, Josh, you have always been really high on, on um, Andrew Rame, and I think I had Bill Haston on this morning, and he was talking about, uh, he's still one of the most dominant high school players he's ever seen, and I, you know I didn't see him as you and Eddie seemed like you were at Broken Arrow every weekend uh, of last few years, uh, but I mean, I know you were just so high on him more than you usually are on an offensive lineman because we all know you love him the most, so you're the harshest on them. Um, but well, when you get a, I guess a word of. Uh, not encouragement, Josh. What am I trying to think of? An endorsement from a guy like a Dave Alexander that coached him at Broken Arrow. I think it all kind of comes together and makes sense. And without, you know, Chris Murray added to the fold, I think that wasn't there a lot of people that just kind of figured he was going to be the next guy in line after Creed moved on? There was. And like I said, I think for a lot of the same, you know, kind of stereotypical reasons I was just talking about that it just kind of connect the dots. It made a lot of sense. Um, Rain being, you know, like I said, a smart guy that, that understands the positions well, could really play, uh, you know, broken arrow really knew where they wanted him. And they had a good offensive line for most of his career. So he kind of got to pick one spot or not pick it, but I mean, he was put at one spot and he stayed there, but for everything else, you know, he could have played other spots. I mean, for a lot of schools, he would have moved around and done some different things. But for them, they they were confident with where he was and where he was going to play. But this just made a lot of sense to me. And like I said, it kind of had surprised me. And I, I you kind of understood it last year. They were limited. They didn't have a lot of time. They weren't going to be able to run him. You know, last spring when he enrolled early, 
I, I you wonder if they would have run these same tests. You know, like okay, we we like him. At, you know, we like him at guard. Let's put him. Let's put him at center for a week and see what happens. Let, let's kind of mess around with this. They didn't get that opportunity. And then by the time you get around to the fall, well, man, he's too young. You can't have him learning three different positions if you expect him to play at all during the season. And, you know, he was clearly a key depth guy for them, uh, even as a true freshman. So, yeah, you know, th- this makes a lot of sense. And uh, like I said, if, if no, and I, I kind of look at Chris Murray when I say this, but if Chris Murray doesn't step up and take that job, I'd be willing to bet Andrew Rame is your starting center in week one. Like just knowing the kid and knowing his ability, like I, I just feel like he would be really tough to hold off for anybody that doesn't have a lot of experience on him. I find the center, you know, and I, I guess just overall the offensive line situation as a whole, and you know, with some of the notes that Kerry you put up as far as maybe they don't feel like it's come along as far. Like I'm just not worried about it right now. A because it's April 21st. And B, because they, I, I think that they have some good players. They need to get all five of those guys out there at the same time, though. And I think it, you know, I think it was Gabe or Teddy that also mentioned that it's just the simple idea of, I'm sure, adjusting or identifying everything with OU's defense isn't the easiest thing possible when they move move around as much as they do. Like, uh, hey, uh, Perion, can you take some plays off, man? Right. Like, and that's, <laughs> I mean, I guess there's a lot of people that look at that as an excuse, but I'm just not. I'm not to the point of putting pushing a panic button with anything that Bill Beatembo has done. Look, Iowa State's you had know. a pretty good offensive line, uh, and Perry and Winfrey blew them up time. Now I know he missed the quarterback repeatedly, but you just don't see people running, you know, scot free through Iowa State's offensive line like Perry and Winfrey did last year, in the in at least the Big Twelve game. Because Penn State or Penn State Iowa State is a lot of kind of the opposite of what we're talking about with Oklahoma where there's a lot of personnel you like individually for Oklahoma right now, but it's figuring out getting them all together and on the same page, uh, you know, and all those kind of things. But um, yeah, you know, that to me, that's, that's one of the biggest things because not only is Murray or Raim or, you know, I know Nate Anderson's gotten some looks at center, all those guys, and you know, even Ian McIver, that you know, obviously we, we always kind of end up overlooking. But you look at those guys; not only are they having to go through all the checks and the changes, and the you know the the moves that Oklahoma is going to make, you know, just like they would on any other Saturday, their defense is moving around pre-snap. All those changes and things are going to have to do, but they also have to deal with as soon as I snap the ball, one of the three or four best interior defensive linemen in the country is right in my face. Like that, that's a lot to deal with. And it's not like he's just a big, massive guy. He's a guy that you quickly have to have your hands ready because he's so incredibly quick off the snap. Josh is trying to get everybody to melt down, throwing Ian McIver out there as a potential starter. I might melt down. <laughs> and no offense to Ian McIver. I just... Who's done a great job as a backup. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. You can't tell me that Perrion Winfrey doesn't expose him on a daily basis in Shit, practice. I, I mean, Perrion, 100%. throw Joshua Elson into that mix, Jordan yeah. Kelly, any of those guys. I you know, if I'm excited to see anybody, I, I think it would be, you know, just this defense in full. I want to see Jordan Kelly. We haven't mentioned his name. He's getting a lot of lot of uh, praise. I'm going to see Jalen Redmond. I want to see what sure. he looks like. What? How is he going to be used? I mean, like, that's the thing that I, you know, I, and maybe, maybe I've missed it in something because, you know, I certainly go back and watch all the stuff you guys put together. But, you know, 
what is his exact role? What, what is he going to be doing? I know he didn't love being inside, so how do they kind of work around all of that? He kind of just yeah, plays Ronnie Perkins' position, right? Isn't, isn't that kind of what he's doing, playing where Perkins played last year? And no, then And then not, Benito's not, on the other he, side? Well, yeah, kind of, yeah, but, <laughs> you know, he's... Well, it's I was not, like, I think I'm not crazy. A defensive end. No, 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 no. Because you bookend, you have you would have Perkins and Benito, but then you have someone next to Benito, and he's going to be that guy. So it's not necessarily a defensive end per se, because he is inside, but he is going to be technically on the edge. Yeah, because Stripling defense. is playing Benito's position now. He's backing him up because because I think you sort of want. If Isaiah Thomas will be Perkins initially, yeah, and they they, they can do that way. Yeah, and Redman and Benito would be your front your your front four. Hmm. Talk amongst yourselves. I got ringing doorbells. This podcast is a disaster. <laughs> Tell those people to f- themselves. That's ridiculous. Coming here during the middle of the afternoon, they know that this is a studio. Uh, no, like in it's it's it's, it's fascinating to me too. In, Bob, talking to the defensive guys, it's just like I, it definitely feels like they're excited to be able to kind of debut what they're doing. I, you know, we talked to uh, Calvin Thibodeau this week, and I think just the the basis of him being able to talk for a minute about seven, eight different guys kind of signifies what that defensive line's all about right now. They they have depth. They have guys that have played quite a bit. Yeah, that's the championship level depth that we just didn't see three, four years ago. And it's one of the first things, of course, that Alex Grinch preached about when he got there. It's not about having the top 11, it's about having the top 22, and it's about having that gap be as narrow as possible so that when one person leaves, the next person comes on, there is no drop off. And, and you finally see it. And I think you also finally, I think you, you see the players accepting the fact that it's okay to not play 60 to 70 snaps. It's all right to just do 30, 40, go all all out, play as hard as you possibly can, and then know that the person that comes in after you is going to do just as good of a job. Like You don't have to worry that because you're not on the field, everything isn't going to get taken care of. And I think that's a real sense of relief for the coaches, for the players, because they can just you know do everything at max effort every single time and i'd be like i gotta save myself because i gotta be fresh in the fourth quarter because if it's not me there's no one else who's going to be able to get the job done it's so different from the eric striker oboe era where they had one pass rusher on the field and if he didn't do it and he played every play like remember we were very critical of neville gallimore in his early days because he he couldn't get you know be out there for like 80 snaps and then, you know, that was kind of the thing. But the drop-off was severe as well. But uh, that's the thing about Alex Grinch. He's actually come in and said, no, you don't want to play that many. That's not what we want. We don't want you to play that many snaps. The ideologies from the uh, previous regime and this regime, are, uh, they they don't really line up it's against, a little bit, uh, along one another. It's a little bit like, you know, going from Chuck Long to Kevin Wilson in the no huddle. In a way, I mean, it, it, it just it makes you look at defense a different way. It's just a philosophy that you're sure. just like, oh, okay, that makes sense now. Like when you started 
seeing you know Sam Bradford out there running the no huddle from 2007 to 2008, two completely different offenses. Well, that probably goes back to the way that he was raised and where he was raised, and just kind of the <laughs> the smarts that came along with it. Yeah, we're we're not going to see Oboe taken out on a stretcher in Lubbock after that marathon game against Tech. That that stuff's not going to fly. Although you know when they get big games, it's not like it's not like uh, Winfrey or Perkins or Benito were really taking snaps off in the Big Twelve championship game. The other they're not having as many snaps too. We're not seeing yeah. the ninety hundred snaps of five you know, five years ago, you're only playing 60, 70 snaps total because of the way the ball control offense or, you know, how, however you want to phrase it, but we're, we're just, we're not at least the last two years. It hasn't felt like that same type of the tempo has been so crazy that no one could stay on the field. And part of that is just because it's not, it's the offense has not been what it was under Baker and Kyler. Sure. The explosive plays have not been there in spades. Is that racist? My radar didn't detect it, but <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know where in spades where it comes from. It's probably definitely more racist than wet game. behind the ears. Probably that stupid ass card game. Never played spades. I don't even know. I, I think I know how to play spades, but I'm not sure. I bet Josh knows. I suck at I, it. I'm terrible. I absolutely do not know how to play that game. I, is um, it a racist card no, game? I'm, is that why nobody plays it? I've learned to play gin. Very strong at gin. I learned to play gin after watching the Flamingo Kid. Um, by the way, uh, what nicely done Wayne Gretzky on that wife. From the card game of bridge, in which spades is the highest suit, perhaps influenced by phrases with similar meaning, in spadefuls or in spate. So that's your little, we're not racist this week. Okay. Uh, good to know. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, I mean, but but you guys mentioned it. We haven't really talked about it. Caleb Williams, I mean, one of the, the biggest things that you want to see Saturday Eddie got a little smirk on his face. I don't know what. Oh, that's I just about. think it'd be funny if he didn't play in the spring game. Like everybody <laughs> wants to go see him and be like, "Well, he he had he a ham he had a little bit of a hamstring yeah. issue on Thursday, so we're going to go ahead and hold him out, but we're going to throw out a, a kid from uh, Penn State, Micah, uh, Micah Bowens. Bowens. God, I he's forgot his name. That this kid's going to be the most forgotten guy on the entire team. Sorry, wow. sorry. Well, even I'm just, Eric Bailey forgot him for crying out loud. I know that's what I'm saying. Like it. Because Caleb and Spencer have this aura about him, it's like, I, I feel bad. We're going to forget about Micah Bowen. I'm going to make an oath that I will never forget about him. Well, I mean, Saturday is the day when Caleb Williams makes his march to the starting quarterback job. Right. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that's a thing that's not going to happen. Uh, that's tongue-in-cheek. I mean, no, it, Josh hadn't taken a shot at a former employee today, so somebody had to. Not a former employee, but thank God, not a former employee. No. Wow. Okay, so bigger shot than me. Yeah, that, that's pretty good jab right there. Uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, look, we, all I continue Easy, to hear Paul. is Caleb Williams is legit, and to me, that's surprising. Just because it's spring, he hasn't been here, and if he's impressive, 
that's saying something because I don't know that. I mean, look, this is what's weird is this is Spencer Rattler's first spring. He's never had. He didn't come early. He got canceled last year. Uh, but normally you don't hear season like, got canceled. He didn't get crazy canceled. stuff. <laughs> about like you got to clarify that in twenty twenty one freshman quarterbacks in spring. No, I, I, I mean, as as advertised, I think. I guess that necessarily shouldn't be a surprise either. I mean, I'm not really asking him to do just a whole hell of a lot. I wonder how is Brock Vandegrift? Is he doing spring football at Georgia? Yeah, he played in the spring game, I believe, last that, week. Yeah. Last week, yeah, yeah. The one thing I will say, it, and it's kind of funny, we're talking about Caleb Williams when you know Gundy went on and on this morning uh, during our Zoom session, just as far as the possibilities of you know or the trajectory of Spencer Rattler and him being among the, you know, kind of the all-time names when it comes to the quarterback position at Oklahoma as of late, whether it be Heupel or White or Bradford or, you know, Mayfield or Murray. He's got a chance well, to it, put himself in that conversation this year. But it feels like he has the locker room this year. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he definitely controls that team and kale even kind of slipped up like said you know <laughs> call them a team captain he's like oh yeah i voted on that i shouldn't say that good problem to have though isn't it oh yeah i mean if if he feels comfortable enough to be able to do that i think it that kind of speaks volumes doesn't it i think it just shows like what you said that he has this team this team is his i don't know if caleb williams sees it that way i guess that kind of brings you to the next well i mean I think Caleb Williams I hope Caleb is ready Williams to, doesn't see it that way. I think Caleb Williams is, at least from what we learned in the recruiting process and what we've seen as far as the way he presents himself on social media, and I know that I guess that's kind of a bad example, but I think he is well aware of his standing. I was always while surprised. While also being competitive enough to want to be able to un, to take that spot. You know what I mean? I was Here's the thing. I was... I was always kind of surprised that it seemed like Kyler and Baker got along as they did. But they had to because Baker was just so damn good. Like, you know, Kyler thought he was better than Baker. Sure. Well, but I, I think he also could watch Baker and say, shit, that's the best quarterback in the country. Like, what am I doing? I think what, to a certain extent, it, it helps that you have a personality like Baker's, too, because he's so, I don't know, warm, welcoming, whatever you want to call Just a great teammate. Yeah, he's a dude. But you want to have that. I don't know, competitive kind of hate each other spirit yeah. when you get out to the football field. And I think that they were able to turn that on and off. You just don't want it to get to where it's just constant shit talking and demeaning and Right, yeah. You don't want it to divide people, but I think that right. at the same time I it have some fun with it. Yeah. And I you know, I we were talking to the linebackers about that. And I think Deshaun White and Caleb Kelly said as much, just as far as what they have in the inside linebacker room, that they are able to push each other and coexist i guess if if that's the best way to say the it. problem with the quarterback position is you're not you're not flip-flopping starters sure unless yeah, you're you steve need, you, need, you need one guy you need one guy and i i you know spencer rattler's a starter i don't think there's anybody no no you know i do think it's more interesting when you get once you get past rattler it's everything around him they have plenty of talent on that side of the ball it's about how it all comes together and that's going to be fun to see over the next you know, four or five months before the season starts because there are questions, and Kale said as much this morning, there are questions about wide receiver and what's going to happen there, whether it be Hazelwood or, you know, Weiss hasn't been able to do much. 
Uh, you know, it sounds like Marvin Mims has had a good spring. Drake, Dipping same thing. Dipping into the portal. Well, and yeah, and like, do they make a run out of the Mike Woods kid from Arkansas? Josh, any uh, any thoughts there on Mike Woods? Yeah, you know, that was that's something that guys we we've watched it all happen. You know, with even with with Eric Gray, who we're hearing all these great things about, and obviously he's a guy we all want to see on Saturday, but there was kind of a hesitancy when he was being recruited that, you know, even like within a week of him actually announcing his commitment, I was hearing, you know, eh, Oklahoma's not a hundred percent. He's a guy that they want to take that kind of thing, almost kind of wanting to see if anybody else was going to come into the portal kind of thing. But with, with him, with Woods, it's been a very different story. I mean, almost immediately I kind of checked in with some people and there was a very clear, yes, Oklahoma is interested. They, they wanted to take a look. Um, and then I got in touch with some, you know, some of our sources around Arkansas and was told that this whole thing has been very strange from their side because there's no clear reason. He's come out and been very open, like Sam Pittman, likes the receivers coach. So no one's quite sure what's happened to, to kind of facilitate this move, but that it sounded early on like Oklahoma and Florida were going to be the, the kind of two primary players in this. And I have talked you know, to, to kind of take it a step further, talked to some people around Florida, and it just didn't sound like Florida either thought they had the room for to take Mike Woods or what they were going to do there. So just, you know, based on some preliminary conversations, it seems very good for Oklahoma if they choose to offer him that spot, which makes all the sense in the world, especially with this Trajan Bridges situation. Um, but, but again, Oklahoma looks to be in a good spot if they want to go. And this is a guy that's, that's been productive, averaged almost 20 yards a catch last year in a, uh, for Arkansas, a, a team that was not exactly proficient offensively. So you'd have to think Oklahoma could do some interesting things with him and he could find a role. You know, it's, it's he scored a touchdown in the spring game Saturday. That's that's how recent he was a, a part of things oh, for Arkansas. Get this 48 hours before. Uh, he enters the portal. Arkansas's football Twitter account sent out a, like a a picture of him sitting on the bench. Like the country's gonna have to deal with Mike Woods. Like I talk about coming out of nowhere, and then forty out or forty eight hours later, he's in the portal. What happened? Does anybody know? I don't. I don't think so. There was a disagreement with Coach Guyton, the receivers coach, but Woods tried to has definitely tried to downplay that True. on social media in the last twenty four hours. I guess beyond that, I really have no clue. I guess that's why, and you know, let's remember we're talking about the Arkansas fan base and how batshit crazy crazy they are. But I guess that's why there's been a lot of speculation that they feel like tampering has gone on. Is that I guess why? I think that'd be pretty natural for a fan base. Sure. But, I mean, again, we're talking about Arkansas fans, so. You can have that smoke. I want none of it. Uh, bring it on. <laughs> Hillbillies. Carries the Nebraska wants the Nebraska. I want yeah. no part of Nebraska <laughs> fans or Arkansas. Huge fan bases ruining my timeline. I'm just not interested in that anymore. It was fun, but it's it, it gets very unfun. Very I want quickly. all that smoke. Uh, You've graduated, Kerry. I'm getting wiser in my old age. I am. I'm. I'm getting away from politics, and uh, I'm not ripping on Rick's, Rex Burkhead for no reason, other than to be a shithead. Super Bowl champion. He was. 
mighty fine Nebraska Cornhusker should have a statue. <laughs> and I'm not even joking. The way things are going there, a Rex Burkhead statue is deserved. Yeah, that might be the best thing that they could do right now is just build a uh, Rex Burkhead statue of some sort. Who else? I mean, other than Ndamukin Sue, who else are you going to build a statue of in the last 20 years? Lawrence Taylor. Well, 20 is Eric Crouch. Say 15. Who were the uh, brothers' names that would wear the uh, cropped off? Winstrom? Peters Or Peters. Yeah. I was thinking of Peters, but yeah, Winstrom well, came to the mind. Peters were the crazy ones. Yeah, yeah. I like them. They were insane. I, I don't know if you want to say it. You might want to take that back. You might get canceled. <laughs> they were insane for bad, bad, bad reasons, like rapers. Oh, really? Well, one of them. I retract that statement yeah. then. Uh, I mean, Lawrence Phillips is the worst of all right. time. But, I mean, in the since, you know, post-Eric Crouch, I mean, they've had, like, I guess they did have the Prince of Makamura guy that was in the NFL for a long time. Sure. And Dominican Sue is still in the league. He's been one of the best. And Rex Burkhead. <laughs> Blue blood. That concludes our Nebraska pod. My God, can that really be true? Have there not been any more notable Nebraska players besides those three? Mm, they've had, haven't they had a wide receiver? Maybe had a cup of tea? A cup of tea, maybe, but. And yeah, I mean, that's not what you expect from Nebraska. Sure. Was it their, was it their receiver? Was it a receiver from Nebraska? That took out Roy Williams in the Oklahoma drill on Hard Knocks. Wasn't that a guy from Nebraska? Andy Janovich is from uh, Nebraska. A kicker? Fullback. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Nebraska hasn't had a first-round pick since 2011. Prince Amukamara. There you go. It's going yeah. pretty well for Prince him, Prince and Sue. Yeah. Okay, there was one name you mentioned there, and, and this, I want to wrap up spring, uh, the spring preview here. Here's where Saturday sucks, where it could get really bad, is if they don't play Kennedy Brooks and Eric Gray gets very little action. That will suck. Because everybody wants to see those two guys run the football. I mean, I th I'll say it sucks if we don't see people that we want to see, like any of the transfers, any of the freshmen. If it's just a bunch of guys that, you know, got into the game against Dan Mullen's Florida JV like, squad. You want to see Latrell McCutcheon. You want right. to see Right. I want to see everybody. I want to see, you know, I want to see, I just want to see a little bit of uh, Justin Harrington. Absolutely. Just to see him run yeah, around. That's a good one. Absolutely. I will give two Kennedy Brooks carries for every one Eric, Brooks, uh, Eric Gray carry I can get. I know what Kennedy Brooks is. I don't need to see any of him. Like I, uh, he is the player he is. He's a good one. Give me the Eric Gray. I want to see if all this hype, all this stuff we've been hearing, is is real. Well, you know what's going to happen. I mean, we might get to see some of these guys, but it, you know, with with the inability of two offensive lines to be able to go out there and you know, even get through spring practice, just the practice portion of it, it's going to be sloppy. Like, I, I think people should just be prepared to, like, there's going to be a lot of people, I guarantee you, that come out of the spring game saying, well, Oklahoma can't run the ball. It's happened again. 
And I'm just already preparing myself for that to happen. We know that's going to happen. It happens every year. Anybody gets hurt, that game's going to change in a hurry, too. Sure. I think of oh, Pat, sure. Pat Field's tackle on Sermon oh. a couple years ago. Sure. <laughs> that was, wasn't How? that Bob's last last active duty as a head coach? No, because Fields was 2018 class. Oh, okay. He was a how mid-year guy. How, uh, how quickly does the Bill Bedenboe is on the hot seat conversation start on the Crimson Corner? It's already started. I, I it's already it started, yeah. Saturday I mean, afternoon. all it took was Grimlock saying that he... <laughs> which, I'm not ripping on Grimlock, but Grimlock did the standard... Uh, I know some people who think they should be starting and they're upset. That's every football team every year. There's like, 85 of them yes, every roster. On every roster, there's 85 of the. Well, there's not 85. There's 85 minus 22. Um, so that's yeah. 60. Well, the 22 thing, they should be starting. Three. Um, well, the 22 that are starting, they're not bitching because they're starting. But the other 63, okay. the other you 63 the are like, I should be it. starting. Yeah. That's just the way it is. And look, Bill Bedenboe coaches hard. Uh, but I'll say this, Bill Bedenboe has never had the uh, transfer issues that a guy like Mark Mangino had back <laughs> in the day where he just ran guys off on a weekly basis. No, that is true. He and build it too deep. Right. Yeah. I'm just not worried about it. And maybe I'll maybe I'll push the panic button when it's too late, but... I feel like they need they they need it's as simple as getting five guys out there that can work together for more than a week without having somebody have to get out of the lineup because they get nicked up. I just don't think that they've had that opportunity. Well, and even when you go back to the the center position, it's like I still think that Chris Murray's gonna somehow work his way into the five. Maybe it's not at center. Well, that's kind of what Andrew Rain was talking about today. He's like, look, we, we're pretty confident we've got dudes in the right. middle. And we're going to find three guys. It's going to come together. They just need to be able to work together. I mean, I, I think that two things you look at last year's group, it's like, yeah, they were overweight. Tyrese Robinson, Marquis Says have said as much. And then you look at just the inability to have five guys out there playing together that's the most important thing on an offensive line. Everybody says we that. Know, we know that Tyrese Robinson had a down year last year. Um, but even if you even if you say he's questionable, you still got Marquise Hayes, you still got Andrew Rame, Robert Congle has played a lot of football. He could be a center. He could be a guard. Chris Murray could be a guard if he's not a center. They're gonna be fine inside. Now well, and I can hear people yawn at the whatever listening device they're on right now, saying, "Well," and they list off all the times the Beatembos played the wrong guy. At the end of the day, he's gotten it right, hasn't he? Absolutely. It kind of solves itself. I mean, the the Ben Powers thing is the one that solved itself. Sure. And that was because Cody Ford broke his leg. I just think... And yes, how did that work again? Did, did Samia slow... How, how did they make all that work? I'm trying to remember... Because Ford was... No, he was a guard. That's right. Never guard. mind. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking of the next mm -hmm. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. He didn't move till tackle till he was a, till his last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's right. That's right. But it was somebody, it might have been Alex Dalton or somebody that was playing, or it was somebody before they tried Powers at that TCU game, and then it all clicked. Yeah, because Dalton had started that year before against Houston, 
That's the same. That, was that? that yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Season. You're right. I'm sorry. You're Houston right. then lost to Ohio uh, State, and that's when he broke his leg. Yeah. So they won. They lost. They won. They lost. They started out one and two, and then they went to TCU. Yep, and they're yeah, down the twenty-one-seven. They had two whatever. big turnovers. Like, I think they had like a pick six or something like that to start. Or Baker had an awful start. Yeah, I think I think it might have fired Lincoln Riley at <laughs> some point during that first quarter. <laughs> and then Samaje Piran just was unstoppable all of a sudden. I think that's where the uh, the hate developed for uh, for from Gary Patterson's Didi. side. It's where Didi broke broke out. Yeah. The disappointing thing for me, guys, along the offensive line, is I really thought we would start to hear some Stacey Wilkins stuff. Like, I thought mm -hmm. if there was ever a time, it was this spring because it was there. You know, we knew about Wanye missing some, uh, you know, some practices, uh, Anton Harrison making a move. You know, like th there was all these things that just said, man, it's there for the taking. Go go do it. And I I mean, I, I can say – without qualification i have not heard his name once this spring yeah and i was gonna put it like a qualifier on that too josh because i was telling carrie before we got started it's like i think people feel like if a kid's name isn't mentioned or if they hear that oh he's not coming along like people want like there's there's this automatic especially during spring there's this automatic like oh well he's a bust or yeah they're at that position when in reality it's probably not that situation but it's even you know talking no, behind you know the scenes stuff you know what it that is. we haven't heard Stacy Wilkins' name very much. You know what they what a lot of people on the boards at least uh, the conclusion they jumped to. Uh, well, he's just playing his favorite player, Swenson. Right, because Bill Beanabo has become known as a uh, a lovable character that <laughs> gives in to uh, that feelings. Plays favorites, sure. Yeah, he loves the story of Swenson in Michigan. It's his favorite story. I think I'm going to start a rumor that, that he's just on Chicago Sun. He's just auditioning for the Michigan job, is what he's doing. When uh, Jim Harbaugh gets fired, Bill Beatabo would be the next head coach in Ann Arbor. Now, oh god, that I could see. I like that. Ooh, yeah, that's good. Uh, now, he looked good in Mason Blue. Now, or yellow. The dead Mason period yellow. is coming to an end, but not before the spring game. So they cannot host recruits, which I'm sure drives Lincoln up the wall. Although there's so many damn spring games that weekend. I don't know how many recruits any one school could bring in. I bet you would have changed it if that had been the case. I think they'd probably be going on Friday night if that was yeah. the case. Um, but Josh, I know you're putting together a list of uh, players that will be there. And, I mean, even a list of you know who is scheduling things when the dead period ends. Let's kind of just let you go over exactly first starting off with the spring game. Yeah. You know, and we, we've, I put up a um, kind of the first look at what the spring game visitor list would be like. And the thing you have to remember is there's not the normal checks and balances of this thing, because usually I can check with sources. I can check with the kids really at this point, I can only check with the kids because there's nobody giving them a ticket or there's yeah. no, there's none of that going on. So it's just kids and them getting back to me and, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, guys like ever looking for a ride, you know, all, all the normal problems are still there, but you also have the aspect of, I don't always know who I should be checking in with kind of thing. So there, there's a, there's a little bit of a scatter shot to the way this is going, 
But, you know, Oklahoma's put together a decent, you know, it, I mean, they haven't put together, but they are looking to host a pretty good group. I mean, it's not going to be the huge number like you would normally see at the spring game just because these guys know. I mean, they, they know, okay, I could come down there now and, you know, convince my mom and dad to make this trip. And I can't see anybody. I can't talk to anybody. I can't do anything really other than go to the game. Or I can wait for the barbecue and then I can go and I can see everybody and, and be like a normal recruiting event. So you're seeing a lot of the guys I'm talking to are, no, I won't be there that this weekend, but I'm coming to the barbecue. Guys like Jonte Cook and Amari Abor, uh, you know, some big time 2022, 2023 guys. But for this weekend, there are a couple of big ones. Uh, you know, we'll start in state. Jacob Sexton, the offensive lineman from Deer Creek. Not a huge surprise. Obviously not a big drive for him. But he's going to be down there. Always good to have guys like that on campus. Uh, joining him amongst the offensive line and another guy we saw recently is Cole Hudson, the offensive lineman from Frisco, Texas. Uh, a guy that it sounds more and more the more people you talk to, this could come down to an old-fashioned OU Texas kind of battle for him. And he's coming up with his family, seems very excited about it. Um, and, and is a guy that, like I said, I've said it over and over again, you talk about a dude that plays football the way Bill Biedenboe wants an offensive lineman to play football, that's your guy. I mean, he is nasty, plays to the whistle, maybe a little past, and I mean, he wants to absolutely punish you, and he's just that kind of dude. So this is big for Oklahoma to get him back up on campus. Um, you know, really kind of his reintroduction back into all of this. So any of these guys, this is a big step because you're getting them on, you know, to – kind of have that first look as thing as the world starts to kind of get back to normal in the recruiting world. Um, the last in the 2022 class of the uncommitted guys is Kip Lewis, uh, the linebacker from Carthage that is, you know, probably among OU's top two targets at linebacker um, and, and is making his first trip to Oklahoma. This is a first for him. So this will be big. You know, again, Oklahoma can't do a lot, but you know, good spring game environment, nice weather, you know, a, a good moment for guys like Aguebu and Asamoa, and you know, th that won't hurt OU. So this is this is going to be a, a chance for a big weekend. Um, you also have Cam Williams coming in, the offensive lineman from Duncanville that Eddie and I saw at Under Armour a few weeks ago, and it's just a mountainous human being. Just, uh, you know, again, very stereotypical Bill Biedenboe kind of guy, just kind of blots out the sun. Uh, and then in the 2023 class, the only guy I have confirmed already is Luke Cass, the, the big tight end from Bixby that is, you know, a, a top 50 guy in the country in the first rivals 100 rankings for his class. So it, it, again, it's a limited group for this particular weekend, but as you start to look forward to, uh, the, the barbecue weekend and guys like Malik Agbo, Ish Harris, Caden Helms, Cole Hudson will be back for that weekend. Uh, Jalen Lewis, the defensive back from uh, from Tennessee, that is a uh, a big time, you know, one of their primary safety targets. That's a, uh, a guy that I, I think Oklahoma is really starting to kind of push the pedal on, really trying to get him as part of the class. Gavin Sawchuk, Dane Shore, the big offensive lineman, Jake Taylor. So you're starting to see these things coming together where there are these these really lengthy lists. And then you add in all the unofficial visitors, which, you know, I mentioned John Tay Cook. I mentioned Amari Abor. Well, you throw in Brandon Ennis, who is the number four overall player in the class of 2023 kid coming from, you know, South Florida. That's a, that weekend is shaping up to be, 
one of the better weekends, you know, forget, you know, I know last year, it's kind of hard to say in the last year or so, but in several years, this is, this could be a very big weekend for OU, uh, in the, uh, the June 18th through 20th barbecue weekend. Um, yeah, I, I, it's just amazing. Uh, you know, all the, I, I mean, I know the coaches are so glad to have visits back and on campus stuff, but the competition to get these guys on your campus is going to be incredible. And that's probably something that the barbecue really helps them with. It's oh, it does. I mean, cause you know, this weekend, I mean, I know, um, you know, the, they're going to be competing with some other spring games. I, I believe A&M is this weekend, if I'm not getting my weekends A&M, mixed up. Texas. OSU. So, I mean, that that's a lot going on, especially, like I said, when you are considering that OU is going to head up with these schools for a lot of guys. And they can't, you know, it's not like, hey, come down and, you know, meet your mom and dad and we'll give you a tour. You know, they can't do any of that stuff. These guys are just coming to hang out just to see what's there, kind of see what it's like, be amongst the fans. And so, you know, I don't, you don't want to ever read too much into that, but I think Kip Lewis coming in this weekend is a huge, I mean, like I I think it says something um, because this is, he could go anywhere. He's talking to all of these schools and he's going to make the trip up to Oklahoma, which is, you know, from Carthage is, is no small trip. He's coming from East Texas. So for OU to be able to get him to come up, you know, again, Brian Odom, I think is becoming one of the underrated recruiters on this staff. He's not, I think because he's not always in on the five-star guys that everybody knows, people kind of assume, you know, oh, maybe maybe he's, no, he knows what he's looking for. He's going after a certain type of guy and Kip Lewis, uh, you know, and uh, again, I think he and Ish Harris are kind of OU's top two guys and they fit a mold. I mean, they are long athletic guys that can really run and you know that that's what we all understand Oklahoma wants at that position do we know who he's coming up with Kip Lewis no I don't I just didn't know if like if the head coach was family or yeah I I just didn't know if Carthage head coach is coming up I know his daughters at OU and their family of Switzer so I didn't know if that was Hmm. let's make an easy easy trip up to Norman that way Interesting. It would make all the sense in the world. What's the guy's name? But Scott Surratt. He has not Surratt? specified. I think it is. That sounds right. All right. Uh, outside of that, um, any uh, any anything else you want to hit on, or anything you want to preview coming up and scoop on Friday? Um, I don't know that I have any. There's some weeks where I've kind of backlogged, and I've got a lot of different stuff. This week, it's going to be more about talking to these guys, kind of, you know, what are they looking for? What do they want to see? You know, because what are they going to get out of this weekend? Because like we just said, there's not the normal amenities and normal kind of step-by-step weekend that these guys are going to go through. So, you know, what are they going to do? What are their parents going to be interested in? You know, are they going to go see some of the the academics facilities? I mean, are they going to go around and see some things? Or is it just going to be, I came to the game and I went home? Um, and I, I think with those answers, you're going to find some, some real feeling for where, where they are with OU. I mean, are they, are, is this something I'm seriously looking at or was this a fun weekend to go up and kind of watch a game and just feel like, Hey, I'm, I'm being recruited again. All right. Um, Josh, I, I will give you the option if you want to leave for women's basketball talk 
actually not women's. Um, you have that option available to you. As I told you guys, I've been watching a lot of Drake basketball. I've been crunching the film, really getting a feel for what the offensive sets are going to look like. Really, really feel like I'm getting tuned in <laughs> to this basketball site that we've now decided to run. I'm, I'm, I'm really. We're into a basketball it. pod now. Yeah. Yep. So Josh has got to. He's got to either shape up or ship out. So he's uh, on the way. I, I, I never knew as, as a co-owner of Soonerscoop.com, my job could be in trouble for not knowing enough basketball. This is, this is, this was not in the, uh, the fine print. Yeah. You weren't into softball talk either yesterday. Then. Oh, these two, these two dragged me into softball yesterday. I had no, I didn't even know it was on the sec network. It's a dis- <laughs> just a disappointing program. They lost yesterday. Uh, 40 in a row is gone. Just cancel the season. Might as well just. It, I mean, uh, did Barrett Sally? Did he put Patty Gasso on the hot seat yet? Or I put her on the hot seat. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, that was a stupid graphic too. I get what he's saying. Like, sure, there's pressure, but there's pressure every year. I don't know why it was part of that group. But even his explanation didn't make any sense. We do we really want to say the pressure to win a national championship is the same as the pressure to keep your job? Sure. One one is how you make your living, and one is the mountaintop. Like I've got to get to that. It's not the same. It's just not. There's no. any of us like, okay, we we could go do whatever the top of our profession is, or what we want to do in our professional life, or we get to keep our job. I know which one would concern me more if I miss. It's kind of like saying Nick Saban's on the hot seat if he doesn't win it all this year. Dude, that's the expectation. I don't know. The Alabama folks, he really might be on the hot seat if he doesn't <laughs> win it this year. <laughs> I did watch a little of their spring game. One of the, it I delivered one that, of the greatest audio clips of all time. I did not know Kool-Aid, that. Kool-Aid, don't walk on the goddamn field. <laughs> awesome. I didn't, know to, I didn't know that the, uh, by the way, there's another Latu out in the world. Uh, but did you know his brother plays at Oklahoma State? The tight end for Alabama, that big dude that Mm-mm. had the touchdown. Didn't realize that, no. I think that's right. Look up the Oklahoma State roster and see if there's a Latou. Uh there's a Nathan Latou. Yeah. Weekside defensive end, Salt Lake City. Yes. Uh okay, so Josh, you can either you you, you choose your own adventure right here. We're gonna go into some basketball talk. Oh, you know, it's one of those things where I do want to do it, but I'm I'm just going to sit here in silence. Okay. Because I have absolutely nothing to contribute. Kind of like Bob during interviews today because he is now a hoopster hipster. Uh he's, no. he's above football because <laughs> we're a basketball site now. Was he like Bob now were you sitting there on the on the feed just like in a smoker's jacket and like a sm- like a long cigarette just like kind of above it all? Yeah, you know, I was actually playing with Pearl, so my audio wasn't as good. But it's just there's there's some guys that you know you have a lot of questions for, but when it came to Robert Conjol and, and Andrew Rame, it's like once you get past five or six, at this point of their OU tenure, I don't have many more questions. Maybe in the future, but right now, no. This just took a turn. It's a shame. Bob Prisbillo is now on the hot seat because he doesn't care about offensive linemen. <laughs> Yeah, 
Bob, I can deal with this basketball agenda you're pushing, but the offensive line <laughs> hatred, sir, that's too far. That's it's too it. far. <laughs> Done. Uh, no, but I, like, I think it's been a really interesting. I, I mean, was the uh, the brothers? They weren't. They weren't. Tanner and Jacob Groves. Tanner and Jacob Groves. They weren't committed when we did a pod last week, right? No, I'm, I know. I, I mean, they were when we were at this point last week. They had five open spots for uh, scholarships, and people were seriously wondering if Porter Moser was in over his head to steal a Lincoln Riley thing. That of course on the board, but just, you know that two weeks into his tenure, like is he equipped and ready for this type of job and? 24 hours from Sunday to Monday and you get three and like, Oh, okay. You can calm down this team. It won't a be a Duke transfer and, and stars process. of the NCAA tournament. Couldn't have gone any better. I mean, I obviously they've added some depth guys that are going to play a whole bunch of minutes for Oklahoma next year and both Tanner and Jacob. And then obviously Jordan Goldwire. And you know, I like Bob, the Goldwire thing's interesting just for the fact that and I'm not going to shit on, Devy on Harmon quite yeah we'll probably do that in later podcasts but <laughs> like this team needed a veteran point guard that could come in and kind of run things as everybody gets acclimated to the Porter Moser system right yeah because you look at the 2021 class it's solid B. John Cortez CJ Nolan Austin Mason signed but those are three freshman guards you weren't going to ask any of them to try to run the point I don't feel like Mo Gibson is the answer at point. He's someone who can play point guard, but he's not going to be your number one guy. And that's why Jordan Goldwire was so crucial. And it's someone that he's going to be a point guard. And if you hated what Austin Reeves did at point guard, Jordan Goldwire is not going to be that guy. He's not going to be the guy trying to put up 20, 25 shots and try to score 20 points a game. The ball's not going to die in his hands. Yeah. He's going to get other guys involved and his assist to turnover ratio is fantastic. And his ability to play defense you put him with Elijah Harkless, that's going to just give nightmares to opposing backcourts because they're going to be in their face for all 40 minutes. Now, where else uh, does OU go from here? I mean, they've, they've got those three guys. What is left? I mean, obviously, you lose all your bigs. Uh, there you go. <laughs> I mean, you've got to have some bigs. Come. Do you use both those scholarships for bigs? No, it, it'll be one and one, and and you know Tanner Groves checks off a major yeah, need true. in terms that's of true. having a big, but you've got to get a second one, and I I, I think I, I feel it's a pretty clear pecking order in terms of the big and the scoring guard, and I think when you look at the bigs, Bryson Williams, the transfer you from a UTEP is the number one option, but there's a lot a lot of ties to Texas, uh, you know, as a former coach going there. Right. It feels like the horns are going to be the ones that end up with him. So then you look at Ethan Shagwa. I think I got that right. He's a guy from Tulsa Union, went to SMU. There's your K, your uh, KT Turner connection and someone that I, I think understands that Bryson's going to be the, the first guy. And if OU doesn't get him, they'll jump in and then he can be a super senior and provide that one year of uh, help in the post. And then scoring guard is interesting because, I mean, we we went from having five open scholarships to now, realistically, there isn't room for both Jackson Robinson and Bryce Thompson. There just isn't because of the fact 
what you need in the post overwhelms compared to what you need elsewhere. You can't take both both of those guys. And I think Bryce Thompson is clearly your first option. And you go as long as you can. And you wait for the family to tell them no. And then you maintain the relationship with Robinson the entire way so that if Bryce says no or go somewhere else, you can jump right back in with Jackson and bring him home. He was a kid from Ada, went to the Aggies. He reclassified because he should have been this class. He should have been with Trey Alexander and Bijan. Instead, he went 2020, and he played a year in a College Station, and he, ent- he entered the portal Monday. The only basketball person he's followed on social media since Monday is Porter Moser. And I've had multiple sources from different angles say Jackson wants to be a Sooner. But I think we have to see how it all shakes out with Bryce first. It, it's by the way, does Texas have like more roster spots than anybody in the country? I feel like they're getting a transfer in there every single day. Who's I mean, what's well, going to be bigger, the support staff or the roster? You know, they're in the running for all of them. So you give credit to Beard. Like he obviously since he can't take them all, but he's making sure he reaches out to every single person possible. And then we don't know what Greg what uh, Greg Brown's going to do. I know yeah. that's been the story of the last 24 hours. So, you, you know, th- a lot of things can change, and that might affect Bryson Williams. If Greg Brown decides to stay, does Bryson want to go to the Sooners instead of Texas? So there's a lot of things still on the table here, but I think OU, what OU and Texas have done in the portal is pretty impressive because they had a lot of work to do and beard and Moser figured out how to do it in a very short period of time if bryce thompson and jackson robinson both sat there and they both tried to commit you can't tell them both no though right well then you're kicking someone to the curb you're kicking one of your guys i'll tell them let porter let me know tell me who what walk on (laughs) i need to send their uh walking paper like seriously they would have to well that's not the walk-on it's the scholarship okay well then who's on scholarship that sucks the least or sucks the most Do you want elijah well, or moja is it sorry Josh mo garo who 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 stuck with you like oh like, yeah the optics of that would look terrible here's yeah. guys that are sticking with the coaching change and now you want jackson and bryce so you're going to kick off so so you know Someone who's going to be there for you. Yeah, I mean, it'd be a tough conversation to have, but I guess you could also fall back and say, I I didn't necessarily recruit you. I think that maybe (laughs) this would be the best way to... It's been done before. Seriously, like, that's cutthroat, and it kind of sucks, but that's the way that you kind of... And by the way, that I've kind of heard that Porter Moser works. I I don't know if that conversation would be as tough as we think it is. I've heard he's a little bit of a hard ass, which I think is a great thing. It is yeah. to me the thing that I find most fascinating. There's nothing that really fascinates me about the portal process or the kids, you know, transferring. But to see kids follow people like as much as it, like to see, you know, a walkor and I mean, like people to just follow along, people that they know. It's been fascinating to me. Yep, and that's you know because on I one hand you have all these people transferring. And the other hand, you have these people being fiercely loyal. It's a very strange dynamic to be in the portal. <laughs> yeah, I th- think that's why people uh, maybe Crutwig or Williamson or one of those Ramblers would come with Porter. And, you know, when next time we get to speak with Porter, and I think it'll be once the assistant coaches are finalized, there's still that third assistant coach that has not been announced. And once all the transfers are, are done, I- I'm going to ask, you know, would you have ever – consider taking one of your former players because it does feel weird that 
walkboards with Carlin in Vegas now, or that people are trying to follow, you know, beer to go to tech, you know, like we know all those Texas tech guys probably wanted to go to Texas as soon as they uh, heard what was going down. So it's been strange dynamic. I just, I'd love to hear what he thinks about all that. All right. Um, I think our work here is done. Looking forward to the spring game coming up. We'll have plenty to break down next week from what we see. Uh, more. Maybe this basketball stuff will have shaken out by the time we're back. And then Josh can talk again. Uh, but uh, plus the recruiting weekend and all that and, and finding out uh, who ended up showing up and uh, how things went. And then getting ready for uh, recruiting visits again. I mean, that's going to be fantastic. I know Josh is chomping at the bit. Yes, I, I need to Bob in this starring role bullshit. I just can't do it anymore. I'm, I'm it is not feeding my ego in the way I need to be fed. Bob is the star. He's just got to with it. it was Bob has Patty Bob has crushed it. Oh, there will be a time and place for that, Bob. <laughs> I think everybody's done a great job lately. I'm really proud of the work we've been doing on Scoop. So, uh, also. I would assume this time next week we'll know something more on the Bridges-McGowan situation. I mean, I would hope so. If we don't, just kill me. I don't want to be here next week. If I have to go through another week of this. I just... I don't think there's a decision that really has to be made right now. I know that you got to let the process take take over, but... I think kind of the way I feel. I think a decision has been made, and the only thing that and it sucks. save like- it is for some information to come out that pretty much clears one or two people. And I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it matters at this point. Charges, no no charges. But we'll see. It sucks because, again, Lincoln's got to let it wrap up, though, before he makes any kind of a announcement, to, or, you know, on or makes it official, I would say. I think we all really, really like the Bridges family. It just yeah. it sucks. It's a bad situation for everybody. Terrible. Feel terrible for their family. All right. Well, like we said, no charges, all alleged. But let's face it, we're all talking about it, so can't you, avoid why it. Why are you winking? <laughs> Stop it. I'm just kidding. I'm Stop kidding. It. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> all right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Unofficial 40. We'll see you guys back here next week right here on Soonerscoop.com.